what's going on this is your boy webby webb also known as mark webster jr and this week is week two's episode of the talk it up sports podcast and once again i'm accompanied by jeff lightsey jr what's going on jeff man this it's been a lot going on this past week and i feel like you know from college basketball all the way to college football, you know, with your, your Louisville Cardinals and then NBA and the NFL, so much has happened, and I believe these people are really ready to hear us to talk it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, let's get it yeah. Going. Without that being said, let's go ahead and get into the first topic of college basketball. You know, the rankings for the top ten have recently just came out again, and surprisingly, what everyone's probably you know not really surprised about is at number one is Duke. Number two is Kansas. Number three, Gonzaga. Four, Virginia. Five, Tennessee. Six, Nevada. Seven, North Carolina. Villanova at eight. Auburn at nine. And Kentucky, the Kentucky Wildcats at number 10. Jeff, as ever, like I said, you know, recently that, you know, Duke being number one, you know, I just think it's one of those things where we see Duke, we see Duke at number one, but what, what do you think about that? Well, they're they're well deserving of of their place on the ranking. Um, Duke showed against UK that they deserve to be number one. I mean, they went out and had a dominant performance. They went out and had another dominant performance against uh, Army, and you see that this team is full of star power. Yeah, like this team is is loaded with Zion Williamson leading the way, R.J. Baird, and, and this guy Cam Reddish. That I mean, I think they legit have three guys fighting for the number one spot because right. Cam Reddish, you know, he hit, he had 20-plus 20, 20 points against U.K. He hit three threes, and I remember going to my job, and the guy there, he's a real big U.K. fan. He's like, man, you can't expect Cam Reddish to hit three threes every game. Like, he's not, <laughs> like, like I think we can expect a lot out of Zion. I think we can expect a lot out of R.J., but Cam Reddish isn't going to hit three threes every game. And then he follows that up against Army. Yeah. He goes out and hits seven threes. You know, so this yeah. kid is special. They have a special group of guys. They had a, a special collective. And right now they're the team to beat in college basketball. Yeah, I would partially, you know, I kind of partially agree with you on that. Just because, you know, I really haven't had a chance to see a team. I haven't really had a chance to see North Carolina play as well. But, you know, so far Duke has been, you know, offensively and defensively, you know, controlling the boards. And they've just really been living up to the, the, the hype of college basketball. Well, moving forward, I believe um, a team to keep an eye for uh, to keep a team to keep the uh, eye on in the top ten is uh, Tennessee. The reason why I say Tennessee, you have standout forward Grant Williams, who's averaging 22 points per game, and that's that's one player I had a chance to see. And I just feel like Tennessee can be a team that, you know, as conference play comes around, they can really uh, you know handle some business. Yeah, Tennessee is definitely the, well the SEC as a whole. It's going to be a lot better. Yeah. Like you said Tennessee's ranked in the top ten. Auburn's going to have a really good team. Of course, UK is going to bring you know do what they do in South Carolina. You know, is I think is going to be a team that's also really good along with Florida. So, but Tennessee definitely has a chance of being really special in the SEC, giving Kentucky a challenge, something that they haven't had for a while. So yeah, because I mean that's that's three SEC teams in the top ten. I mean you can't really beat that. Yeah. No, really though. I mean stick sticking into I know it's not top ten, but Top, you know, top 25, UCLA, you know, UCLA is a team. I feel that they can make some noise, you know, as, you know, as conference play comes around just because they have, you know, standout guard 
Chris Wilkes, who's averaging 22 points per game as well. They have Moses Brown, who's a, who's actually picking up 13.5 rebounds per game. So he's getting his boards. Big and seven then, footer, yeah. Then yeah. you have Jalen. You have Jalen Hands on the perimeter. So that's a team to keep an eye out on. I'm not sure. You know, like once again, it's, it's really early. So yeah. we're really, it's really kind of hard to dictate in that. You know, as as we kind of conclude on college basketball, is there any Anything you specifically that you want to mention, you know, to listeners? Well, I I definitely say that teams like Kentucky, Duke, like they they play a really tough schedule. So like right now, like that first game of the season may not be what we're gonna see from this U or even the second game because they really struggled. UK struggled in the second game of what we see, what we'll see, you know, come down the road because Kentucky has a gauntlet of a schedule. They yeah. play North Carolina non-conference. They play Duke non-conference. They'll play, you know, all those great, those good SEC teams are supposed to be good SEC mm-hmm. teams throughout. So like, I mean, Kentucky has one of the toughest schedules in the entire country along with Louisville. Louisville has a really tough schedule. I don't think they'll be as talented. Yeah. So they're not a team that's going to be as good, but I definitely am looking forward to seeing some of those teams like Kentucky, like Duke, like Carolina play these tough schedules and see what they look like against a lot of those non-conference foes. Most most deaf. So as we transition over out of college basketball, but we're still going to stay in the college era. Let's talk some college football. Jeff College football, Louisville, man. People, some people, people that aren't aware of what happened to Louisville. You want to enlighten them on what happened, man? So what happened was Louisville was getting trounced every week. Yeah. Um, they've lost seven games in a row, and the the athletic director Vince Tyree just felt that it was time for a change. He mm-hmm. felt that the players on the team wasn't responding, and so he fired you know head football coach. Bobby Petrino, yeah, who's now owed fourteen million dollars as a part of his buyout, fired Bobby Petrino, fired his son Nick Petrino, mm-hmm. and fired both his son-in-laws who were also on the staff, LD Scott and Ryan Beard. So it's a complete, you know. So it's a complete overhaul. Um, Lorenzo Ward, who was the uh, who was on the staff, he is now the interim coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. They made the right choice. They 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 left one guy out though. Brian Van Gorder, the defense coordinator. The team's giving up forty two points a game. I think he should have been let out the door too as well. Um, but they kept him along, I guess, for the last two games. And I think that is the right move. Now, granted, you do owe Petrino fourteen million in yeah. a buyout. Like fourteen million dollars is a lot. So he's getting paid regardless. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but but the thing is that lets you know how bad the culture had gotten at U of L if you're willing to fire a coach knowing that you'll have to pay him fourteen million dollars. So like that that's telling me that you want him out way more. Like you think it'll be way more beneficial to your program if you let him go now and pay out dish out that money than yeah. to, to let him continue on and to continue to get beat. I mean, I think they'll probably lose the last two games of the season anyway, but Tyre's hoping that they will show better effort. Because, I mean, if you look at these games, not only are they losing, they're getting blown out, and they look like they're quitting, man. I mean, mm-hmm. if you watch the, I watch the games, and it looks like they are quitting on the field, and Tyre is just like, hey, we need a better product on the field, and our guys aren't responding to Petrino anymore. They've tuned him out, and now it's time to get you know new new blood, a new coach in there, and and get this ball back rolling. Personally, I believe it was a it was a good chess move because honestly, it was talks of Russ East leaving, and now Russ is uh you know Russ is attending practices this week, so. I mean, it was a good it was a good move just because you know you don't want to lose a standout you know cornerback like Russ East as well. Well, the biggest thing what you do by firing your coach with two games left in the season, you get an early jump on on the 
potential replacements, right? Like now, granted, most of those coaches are at their schools or at their, you know, their jobs doing their thing. They're still fighting. A lot of them fighting for bowl games or a lot of them, you know, fighting for playoff seasons or Mm -hmm. whatever, like depending on what school you're at. But you get an early look and you get an evaluation of those guys. And like, and you get an early chance to try to get in there, get your people talking with their people and potentially bringing them on a board at the conclusion of the season. Right, Louisville, Louisville native Jeff Lightsey Jr. You know, yeah. spitting that that facts <laughs> about Louisville football. As we stay in college football, you know, the top four as of right now, we have Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Michigan coming in with nine and one. Jeff, anything surprise you about those four? No, I mean the top four, the top six didn't change. So yeah. I mean, we learned nothing new about any of these teams. Uh, the only thing after last week that's different is now two is a little more banged up um and when two is banged up alabama is a lot more vulnerable right you know with matt jones playing or even if jalen hurts is healthy enough to play they're beatable with yeah. two in healthy with two in healthy they're pretty hard to beat i mean i'm not going to say they're unbeatable but they'd be pretty stinking hard to beat right if two was hurt which he he got taken out of the game because his knee is messed up if Open Tua is game. hurt, there is a chance that these teams like a Clemson, uh, mainly Clemson, I would have to say, mm-hmm. or maybe no Notre Dame? And I don't know, really know about Notre Dame, but like a Clemson could knock off Alabama if Tua isn't 100%, you know, come bowl season. Now, we'll have to watch and see how this plays out the rest of the season. But like I said, if Tua Tagovailoa is hurt, you know, Alabama, like that's like their kryptonite. They then become a lot more beatable, and there's a better chance for somebody to knock them out. Personally, I honestly think that Notre Dame might be in some trouble. I mean, if you look at this matchup on Saturday, you know, at 1.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, they got Syracuse. And Syracuse has, like, I remember watching them play against Clemson, and it was 27-23, to 23, and that was at Clemson. And I believe, you know, Syracuse is playing for that kind of respect on the defensive end they have. You know, Indiana native himself, Kendall Coleman, he's been applying a lot of pressure to the quarterback and – but like I said, you know, Notre Dame, with them being 10-0 the second time in 25 years, I believe that they're they're kind of out to prove prove something. But the big test is definitely this weekend. With- well, Syracuse is playing really good football. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to saw them up, uh, you know, last week because they had the prime time yeah. game against Louisville. But they're playing really good. They're an 8-2 ball club. They're top, ranked in the top 15. Um, their, their team – that is, like I said, is playing some of their best football right now. And, like, they have two losses, one to Pittsburgh, and that really close loss to Clemson, which they yeah. outplayed Clemson. I watched that game, too. They should have beat Clemson. Mm-hmm. But just, you know, sometimes bad breaks happen or just a team gets you at the end. So yeah. they're, they're experienced a team, team, to say the least. Yeah, exactly. So they're a really good football team. And I definitely think Notre Dame has a big opportunity to lose this week with their quarterback being out or injured anyway. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a scary game against uh, against Syracuse this weekend. At Yankees, and it's at Yankee Stadium. It's a neutral field. It's a lot of people going to be there. Um, I don't know. We'll have to see. Well, applying pressure is that is that to say? I guess you just have to find out next week to see how these outcomes of these games come along. You know, as we move on and transition into into the NBA. The NBA is has been a topic. You know, with you know conspiracy and conflict going on between. Draymond Green and Kevin Durant. What is your take on this, Jeff? As far as the Draymond KD thing goes, um, it kind of shows where the Golden State's lo- where Golden State Warriors loyalties is at. Like they want Kevin Durant to stay. Yeah. Um, and and that's the big thing. This this 
after this season, Durant, he's on a one-on-one deal. He's going to opt out, and he's a chance to hit the free agent market and leave. Yeah. And the reason why it's huge for Kevin Durant to stay is, one, because to me, Draymond is a replaceable player. Yeah. Right? Like, he's a, he is a guy. Now, what he does, he does it really good, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's, he's their – they say he's their heart and soul, and he does – you know, he's their glue guy. But his production is replaceable. You mm-hmm. can't replace Kevin Durant. Ask OKC how they've done since he's left. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not a replace. That's Roger not that. just. A, he's not a pl- plug and play kind of guy. Like he's not just a next man up kind of guy that can replace. Him. No, like he is the their best player, and so of course they're gonna coddle his feelings and make sure he feels okay. Because say if Ke- a lot of you know experts, national pundits say that Kevin Durant's not gonna finish his career in OKC. I mean uh, Golden State, and it's yeah. like okay, even if he doesn't. The Warriors open a new stadium next year, yeah. right? And so what would it be to have their three-time champions, or if they win the championship this year, three-peat, mm-hmm. to come into this new stadium without Kevin Durant? Like, it's not going to feel the same because they're oh. going to feel vulnerable. They're going to feel like they they actually have a chance to lose. And as their team is currently constructed right now, they don't they don't people don't think they can lose. And mm-hmm. so they want to make sure Kevin Durant is okay. That's why Draymond's taking the suspension for taking without it pay. too far. Yeah, he's, he's mm-hmm. getting suspended for taking it too far and saying the wrong things to the wrong player. Yeah. You know, and so and that, and that's all that means. That's all I take away from that suspension. Yeah, I I believe it's kind of affecting their chemistry and, you know, good thing they're putting, you know, kind of like a niche on it early because this this comes around them. Well, we see capable teams out in the Western Conference that are starting to, you know, pick up speed and getting that good chemistry together well Go. with with the warriors i mean the warriors are obviously the best team right yeah. like most like when you're a great team or a dynasty or whatever you only you, your window was so short right like you don't have 10 years you're not most teams aren't like the patriots right yeah. like you don't have these big long windows that's a rarity in sports so like you saw houston last year houston had golden state on the ropes and now this year they're fighting for a playoff spot mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like your windows and sports close really really fast right so golden state knows they need to capitalize on this opportunity with kevin durant and and like i said a dra a kind of guy like draymond is replaceable um and you want to you want to be able to make sure Durant feels comfortable. And then, like you said, this doesn't mess up your chemistry going forward because if it does, you will get beat. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they will. you will beat yourself up from the inside, and that will allow a team that is not worthy of beating you put you out of the playoffs. Yeah, now, I know Golden State personally, with the success they've had over the past couple of years, they don't want that one person. Like KD, he, he came to Golden State he is, you know, he is Golden State, and I would say the least. But as we go over, you know, to the Eastern Conference, Jimmy Butler, good move for Philly. It's a great move for Philly. Uh, Philly right now, I mean, it it hurts because they're a team that's not great at three point shooting. They lost two of their better three point shooters. But the when it comes to the NBA, the teams with the most talent a lot of times win. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just that simple. Like mm-hmm. if you have, if you're able to accumulate more talent than the other teams, you're gonna win. Then you're, gonna, I mean, you're gonna win a lot of games. And I think Jimmy Butler is a guy that'll that'll bring some toughness to this Philly team. Right now, Ben Simmons hasn't progressed like a lot of people thought he would from year two, year two and a half, or year one and a half, or whatever you want to call it last yeah. year to this year. He isn't he isn't getting better, or ascending like we thought a guy like jimmy butler is gonna push him he's gonna make him a bet he's gonna have to force him to be a better player joel Embiid is gonna embrace a guy like jimmy butler because they both want the same thing they want to win and they want to win big and so i think this right now makes them one of the favorites if not the favorite 
in yeah. the Eastern Conference. I believe it's like straight up impact with Jimmy Butler. As he said at his first, you know, media practice, he said all he wants to do is win. I mean, how can you blame Jimmy Butler? I mean, he's he deserves to win, and I believe he's in a great position to put his team to win. Although, you know, we have teams like Toronto and Milwaukee, the Philadelphia is in a great position to, you know, spread the floor and really generate more points to say the least. I mean, they have MB, you know, get the mid-range jump shot, and they got Simmons. But can Jimmy Butler be that that missing piece, you know, to get them to the Eastern Conference Finals? My my thing is is a lot of people talk about how but how Covington and Sarich, like you're losing depth on the team that yeah. already wasn't deep. Okay, we just have to put it how it is. Markel Fultz is looking like a bust. Right, so they need <laughs> straight it. up bust. Huh? Yeah, he's just a bust. I mean, at number one overall pick, like that free throw he shot the other day, or just his shot is shot. Like it, it's yeah. gone. I don't know what happened between the, his last. I mean, his the end of his Washington career in the 2017 NBA draft. I don't know what happened in between there, but something happened. He got invaded by the Monstars. His powers got taken. Something I don't know what's going on, but he he ain't the same player. Mm-hmm. So the Jimmy Butler acquisition needed to be made, and so now they added more star power. They're a team that can go to Boston and beat those guys. Those guys aren't playing as good as we thought they would. Yeah, they can play with the Milwaukee once they get their chemistry together. And now they're your best bet. I mean, you're going against Toronto, who's leading the league. You know, is the best team in the Eastern Conference right now. You now have enough star power to beat a Toronto because now on your team you have three of the best five players in the east yeah six players in the east and a team with three of the best five or six players in the entire conference you're gonna should, should be able to beat anybody in the conference without doubt i mean just because you you add that versa, uh, versatility just because jimmy butler he can he has that you know to say at least veteran leadership mm-hmm. and he's gonna spread the floor he's gonna go in there you know straight impact that's why i keep saying like impact player jimmy butler is the straight impact well, Jeff, looks like that's what we have going on for NBA basketball. But NFL, NFL, the topic of NFL football. Yeah. Well, what's your What's your thoughts on that? Um, as far as the NFL is going right now, um, the the biggest surprise of the weekend, I guess, would have to be the Patriots. Yeah. Getting stomped out by the Tennessee Titans. Um. What what's surprising about the Patriots playing so bad is I mean I know their defense isn't looking any good but Tom Brady's only got one touchdown in the last three games mm-hmm. that is not good this is not the Tom Brady that we've come we've come to know and love right like yeah. it's it looks like his age is catching up to him it's finally catching up to him. you know the guy that that seemed to be defying time and defying you know beating the law of, you know father time hasn't caught up with him it looked like it's fi- it finally is i mean tom brady you got to remember he's 41 years old <laughs> um he's been playing in the league for you know 20 you know nearly 20 years two decades and it's like you know, is it finally time that he he's not the same guy and he's this guy that we saw at the end of Peyton Manning's career, Brett Favre's career, all these great quarterbacks who just seem to fall off a cliff at the end of their career? I don't know if it's just a one or two, three game stretch, an anomaly, or is this what we're going to see going forward? It's going to be pretty interesting to watch. As I've gained, you know, being like you know a fan of football and you know being a Steelers fan as well. I've seen Tom Brady have, you know, as people say, this is like this year is it looks different. But I've seen, you know, the Patriots struggle on the road and then comes, you know, December, January, they beat teams by, you know, 20 points. Yeah. And that that really doesn't matter to them. So I'm going to give it a couple more weeks, Jeff. I'm going to give it a couple more weeks because I can't count out Tom Brady as bad as I want to. I feel like it's 
a team that they're a team that they can turn it on at any time just because they have that veteran leadership. Well, the biggest the biggest problem is all three of their games that they've lost are seven and three have been on the road, and yeah. right now. You know, if, if the season continues to go the way we think it's going to go, they're going to be on the road. Like, they're going to have to go to Kansas City is what it looks like. Yeah. And I, or, or maybe even Pittsburgh, you know. And I don't see them beating Kansas City on the road. Mm-hmm. Like, going to Arrowhead Stadium and knocking off Pat Mahomes and those boys in Kansas City. Like, I don't see that. Like, they had a hard enough time beating them at home. Yeah. And it was a shootout in the 40s. And, and I don't think you, you know, some things are not going to go your way when you go on the road, and they obviously struggle on the road. And that defense is not playing good. Like I said, it's not playing the way it should be. And Tom Brady's arm and his 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 offense isn't looking as good as it should be. So we'll see uh, what will happen. But right now, if they have – I mean, if they're, uh, they're not – they don't have home field advantage and they have to travel to Kansas City or travel to Pittsburgh, it's going to be tough for them to win those games. Yeah, only time will tell with the New England Patriots. As we stick on the NFL topics, I want to present to you guys something called Steelers Talk, where I sat down and talked with John Reynolds, who is also a big-time Steelers fan, about Steelers football. Y'all listen in. What's going on? This is Mark Webster, a.k.a. Webby Webb, and today is something special. We're about to talk some Steelers football with you guys, and I am accompanied by John Reynolds. How you doing, John? I'm doing good, Webby Webb. It's good to be here with you, man. Big time Steelers fans, you know, yes, you're listening sir. right now. So, you know, it, the talk is, you know, Pittsburgh, are they a team to be, you know, reckoned with? And we're going to be doing a quick recap about you know from last week's game from Carolina and um, Pittsburgh, and then this weekend's matchup between Jacksonville versus Pittsburgh. So starting with a recap, you know, briefly of you know the Carolina matchup. What really stuck out to you from from the boys in black and yellow? I tell you what stuck out, man, it was those 52 points they put up, man. I tell you what, they're killing it out there on offense. Defense is looking good, looking young and vibrant, athletic, making plays all over the field. Coming of age on that defense, but the offense is looking right. I mean, they can't look any better right now. And they, I mean, going into the playoffs here in the next few weeks, I mean, they got big matchups coming up. It's yeah. about to be live. No, man. It's going to be good. I, I most definitely feel you on that. I mean, this performance they had against, you know, Carolina, I mean, 52 points. 52. 52 points. And, I mean, guess who wasn't even out? Le'Veon wasn't even out there. You well, know, Le'Veon's not even on the team. And he ain't even going to be there. <laughs> <He's> not, <laughs> yeah, Le'Veon's not even going to be on the team. And – as we stay on the Le'Veon Bell, you know, topic briefly, I personally believe, you know, with Le'Veon on the on the field, it'll make Pittsburgh an even more scary team. But I'm very impressed. Like I said in the last, you know, episode about, you know, James Conner and the ability he has been able to do, you know, as he entered into a Steelers uniform. And I just feel like James Conner is that guy right now. And Le'Veon, you know, I appreciate everything you did for Pittsburgh and the playoff games you didn't win. But, I mean, hey. It, the train keep must keep going. <laughs> Got to keep going, man. Yeah, yeah. James Conner, fourth in the league in rushing right now, mm-hmm. behind guys like Gurley and uh, and uh, Ezekiel Elliott. But uh, yeah, Conner is playing real well right now, man. And uh, you can't ask for anything better out of Conner. But like I've said before, you know the Pittsburgh Steelers have always had issues, maybe with Le'Veon being out, injured, things like that. Now this big contract dispute's coming about. But we've always had good backups, like D'Angelo Williams was a rock for us a few years ago. Yeah. Now we got James Conner stepping into that role, and right now to me he's a Pro Bowler. No doubt in my mind that he's a pro bowler right now. But you talked about Le'Veon, Le'Veon saying that uh, 
I heard today that he, 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 of course, he didn't make the deadline to come back today, so he's not yeah. going to be here the rest of the season. But I did hear rumors that he's wanting like elite quarterback style money he's in his contract. Get that, man. He's not going <laughs> to get that. And he says if he doesn't get that kind of money, he's going to retire. So we'll see what happens this offseason. He's a young, he's a young buck. He's still got some years left. Rapping, but <laughs> yeah, juice. You never know, <laughs> yeah, man. Right. But uh, we'll see what happens though. But I think his playing days in, in a Steelers uniform are done, in my own opinion. James Conner is the new wave, man. He's he can play, and I'm fine with him staying there. So I'm very happy with the Steelers and their performance this week and moving forward in the next few weeks. So as we embark on to next week's journey, well, against, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars, we are very familiar with this team. Yes, sir. As per, us both as big-time Steelers fans, we know Jacksonville, though that defense, you know, they scare us. But this year, I think we might see a different outcome. You know? Yeah, they're not scary whatsoever this year. They've kind of fell off the map, you know, the – not playing so well, but like I said, they took it to us last year. They kind of they didn't really surprise us, but they showed up and kind of they punched us in the mouth. So this week we got to give it back to them, I believe, and I think it's going to happen that way. I think Steelers going to pull out a big W this week. You know, at tw- the game will be kicking off. You know, at 12 p.m. Central Time, which is 1 p.m. Eastern Time, and Jacksonville is three and six with Blake Bortles. You know, only having 12 TDs and eight interceptions, and Ben Roethlisberger right now is really looking. Like the old time being, which really, you know, excites me right now. And I believe that this team, they're going to put some points on Jacksonville. Not only has Jacksonville had our numbers, you know, right. last year, but I really believe that this team, they're going to fly around to the ball, you know, to it, you know, and why they're going to, they're going to get after, they're going to get after Boyles and their offense of Jacksonville, you know, Fortet, uh, Leonard Fournette, he's not going to be able to, you know, have those breakout runs because they're going to execute, you know, right. watch the film and do things as such. They, yeah, they're going to have to show up this week. Fournette did return last week for the Jaguars, had a pretty good week last week. So they're going to have to show up. Like I said, Bortles, in my mind, you can let Blake Bortles hurt you. You know what I'm saying? I would I would focus on Fournette. Fournette is going to I – mean, yeah, he's coming off injury, but that's still a big stout running back back there you got to yeah, worry about. Most definitely. Like I said, I would definitely let Blake Bortles be, hurt us if, if it comes down to that. I would focus on Fournette. You don't have a lot of weapons outside. You still got Westbrook, Keelan Cole outside. You got players like that you need to worry about. But Bortles isn't very – you know, he's not accurate all the time. He's not consistent. But coming in this year, you know, Mark, Jaguars and Steelers, this was a possible AFC championship matchup. Yeah, that's, thought. What, that's what everybody thought. And right know? now it doesn't seem like the Jags may even win their division. <laughs> right. They're looking but, like the old Jacksonville. Right. This was yeah. a uh, – seemed it was a hyped-up matchup in the beginning of the year, but it may have been overhyped by the way the Jaguars are playing. But it's still going to be a good game. A lot of young athletes on the field, so it's going to be a good game I, to watch. I'll have my eyes on it for sure. I, I might. I, I think it's coming into, you know, like a rival matchup. I feel like Jacksonville is they're going to come play, uh, ready to play, but Pittsburgh is going to be ready to play after hanging 52 on Carolina. You know, 6-2 Carolina. 52 points. I guarantee you Ben knew the nightmare game he had against Jacksonville where people thought that he was ready to retire. Right. You know, I think this game, you know, Juju's going to have a breakout game. Connor might, you know, have a, another breakout game. And it's just going to be a full-out executed game. So, my prediction for this game, I'm going to go, let's see, 24-7. to 24-7, to 7, you know, the, the boys in black and <laughs> black and, oh, I got black you. and yellow are going to be, you know, doing their thing. And see, you look back to last year when it talks about predictions. You know, we talked about how – how highly rated the Jacksonville's defense was and yeah. how Pittsburgh had this elite offense. Last year they put up numbers in that divisional round playoff game. It was 45-42 to 42 Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Okay, so those, those were some big numbers, but I don't see that happening again this year. Steelers coming off a 52-point 50, weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're going to surpass that number, but I don't think they're going to also either like – 
hit that number again this week. I think they're going to fall off a little bit, still going to win. But like you said, I'm kind of more where you're talking about. What would you say, 24-7? to 7? Yeah. I'm thinking it's going to be like 28-14. to 14. I'll go that right there. 28-14. to 14. John, this might not be a bad prediction. We're just going to have to see. But that's all we have for this week's segment of Steelers Talk. Find us next week, same place on the Anchor app. We're about to just talk it up. Talk it up, Steelers football. That's you right. Heard. <laughs> Steelers Nation, until next time. Webby Web. Well, Jeff, you know, I had you know I had to talk. That Steelers talk with <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but as we uh staying, you know, on the NFL, a big Monday night football matchup between Kansas City and the Rams, both, you know, ranked highly, you know, in the league. Any predictions in mind for that game? Um, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a close one uh, because of the field conditions in Mexico. They now be playing in LA, which I think benefits the Rams. They get an extra home game, one that they didn't originally have scheduled. So yeah. I think that's gonna benefit them a lot. But honestly, I don't see the Rams defense stopping Pat Mahomes. Um, the Rams, as an offense, as well, can score pretty much, and the Kansas City defense isn't great. But I think you know Patrick Mahomes in the way. That the Chiefs are playing the way that they're scoring right now, they're just it's a different ball a, game. Yeah, huh? they're in a light, they're on a light speed pace as far as like the way they play, the way they can put the ball in the end zone. Um, I, I see right now it's going to be a high scoring game. I'm looking 38, 34. Chiefs pull it out. 38 uh, in LA. Okay, 38, uh, 38. Uh, look, I'm getting tongue twisted. <laughs> 38 to 34. I'm going to have to go. Uh, you know, looking at you know how the Rams have been playing lately, Gurley. I'm gonna have to disagree with you on that one. Yeah. So I'm gonna go 21 to 14. You know, the Rams pulling it off just just because you I feel think like, the <laughs> you think the Rams are yeah. the Chiefs to 14 points. Yeah, you know nobody's yeah. done that all year. Well, the Rams they're gonna oh, be up to that. <laughs> we gotta have some type of disagreement, right? Yeah, no, of course. <laughs> all right, course. let's see. 20, 21 to 14. Then you know, if my prediction's wrong, you call me out next I week. Know, definitely, definitely. <laughs> you call me. You call me out next week on it. With that being said, I mean, like I said, there's there's so much things we could talk about. But we want to save some stuff for people. So yeah. once again, if you have any, you know, suggestions, you can reach out via Facebook, uh, via Instagram, via Twitter at Talk It Up Sports. Jeff, you know, go ahead and tell them a little bit about, you know, your social media where they can follow you Just at. Just find me at Jeff on all social media platforms at, at JLighty, J-L-I-G-H-T-S-Y-7, at JLighty7. We'll, we'll answer. I'll talk, chop it up with you. We can get it going. Yeah. Once again, thanks, Jeff. Until next time, we out. <laughs>